0: Slash and cast.
1: to handle with scare presented by the slash and cast podcast network our show discusses horror movies and the phobias they emphasize tonight we are continuing our spooktober month-long celebration by taking a look at yet another new genre offering that uh recently had hit theaters Uh, So before I introduce you to my co-host and tonight's film, just a few general reminders. You can stay connected with us over on X at Handle with Scare. You can join us every Tuesday night for our Twisted Tuesday watch parties, uh, which is every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time over at kick.com forward slash Drunk. Now, with that being said, joining me tonight, as always, is my co-host, Grindhouse. I mean, zombie, I know kind of like going into tonight, you know, we were... uh, Cautiously approaching this one just because uh, you know, maybe some of our thoughts on the past trilogy uh could boil over into what we're gonna be talking about tonight. Uh but you know, tonight we are here to talk about the new Exorcist movie that came out here this past weekend, uh, which of course is The Exorcist Believer, uh, which I just got back from, so it's fresh on my mind. And uh, yeah, I I I know your initial comment on it, and we didn't really even talk about it, uh, just literally just thought, was you're like, the new Exorcist was decent. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll get into that, but I, I will say there were definitely some deep cuts to the original. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, can't say this one really did anything for me to get me excited for the next one. And the following ones, so, I don't know, it's definitely kind of a mixed bag, but nothing that we haven't already seen, uh, at least in regards to, you know, exorcism movies.
0: Well, okay, so you're right. I mean, there's, I'm not gonna argue that point, um, and I would say to you, give it, give it a few days to settle in and to think about it, um, I walked out of the theater thinking it was okay, and then I had a couple of days to think about it. And this is, again, coming from the guy that, after the Halloween trilogy, really thought David Gordon Green could go suck a huge bag of dicks um, because I was not even remotely impressed what he did there. I I, I was downright angry, to be perfectly honest. Um, So I went into this one. I, I went in as blind as I could and with as few negative thoughts as I could. Right. Um, and for me, the simple, the simplest explanation of this whole thing is that I watched a movie and I did enjoy it. Okay. Now, now was it tremendously new? No. Um, did it give us anything that really kind of fed a new lore or did anything like that? No, it didn't. Um, at the same time, I'll say this, and I do believe this, as badly as he took... Halloween which is a cornerstone of horror and fucked it right in the ass. Um it seemed to me he had a little bit more respect for exorcist. Um and I honestly think um and now this could be Halloween 2018 all over again where it was like, "Oh, that was pretty good mm-hmm. to me." And maybe the rest get fucked up. But I also did see an article that was saying that he wasn't sure he was going to be directing the next two. Um mm. and I I do know that the next one is supposed to be called Exorcist the Deceiver. Um, so I, I kind of wonder what it's gonna be about, but um, and I, th- I guess I think we've kind of come to the understanding that we're this is not a spoiler free zone. So I think having Reagan come back right at the end, I think it probably is gonna bleed something into the second movie where I, you, you can see that they're trying to do a little bit of a torch passing. Um, because, you know, certain actresses are not going to be alive forever. Um, I mean, you know, she's 90 years old for Christ's sake. So, um, when that happened in the movie and you can ask my wife, I literally was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know, I, it really did, did something for me, you know? Um, and you know, the first time I saw the exorcist, I was probably eight or nine years old and it scared the living shit out of me. So. For it to be brought forward with, like, the next generation of directors. Literally the next generation. Not the next director, but a whole generation plus later. Um, I thought this was a decent installment. Decent is the word I'm going to go with. I think it was decent. Um, I, I enjoyed it, first and foremost. I thought it was pretty well written, pretty well shot. Now, I do think the pace was too fast. Um, they literally jumped from moment to moment to moment to moment so fast where it did not have a lot of time to build the suspense and the tension that the original Exorcist did. Uh, Maybe that was on purpose. If it was, I think it was a misstep. Um, But overall, I enjoyed it. So it's interesting that it's going to be so fresh on your mind. And it's also interesting that I think out of the gate, we... Kind of are disagreeing. So that should, it should be interesting. The discussion should be fun.
1: Yeah. I, I think for me personally, um, David Gordon Green is dangerously close to becoming like the J.J. Abrams of horror movies, you know? Ooh. Very, very divisive amongst the community. Cause I know a lot of people who are like, J.J., stay the fuck away from, you know, our storied franchises because you're, not doing them right and uh you know I, I i wouldn't say it was a terrible movie i i think if you are a fan of the original there's obviously enough connections here or a lot of uh callbacks to really keep you engaged and like throughout that and that was really like the, the one thing i was trying to to hone in on as much as possible uh you know when i was watching this because i I know there were going to be plenty of nods, being a quote, you know, legacy sequel. Uh, so f- for those who don't know, uh, Believer really does pick up from the original, which is the 73 version of The Exorcist. Uh, we do have quite a few deep cut references to the original. Uh, and this takes place, uh, what, what, it was like 50 years after uh, what happened in Georgetown with this one? Correct. Uh So... Right out of the gates, uh, Believer opens with Victor and his wife, and they are in Haiti, uh, where his wife ends up dying after sustaining injuries in an earthquake. Uh, you know, we also have a nod to the original when it comes to Father Marin. Uh, in the first scene, as we see Victor taking photos of uh, two dogs who are fighting near a beach, unaware of you know what they uncover, uh, very similar to what we saw, uh, it. With Marin in Africa, when the dogs are, you know, fighting out in the desert, when we find the statue, uh, so already like right out of the gate, they're like, all right, here's an nod to the original. Now, they they throw in, uh, some like cultural themes with with Haiti, and they don't really expand a whole lot on like the spiritual stuff, um, but. The deception of the devil, uh, specifically when it comes to Victor's wife and daughter uh, being like one of the bigger reveals towards the end of the movie. I thought that was extremely well done. And obviously, like deception is, of course, like a really big uh, like, you know, component in the Exorcist series. So to see them, you know, kind of like pull back uh, on that uh, as well as throwing back the power of Christ line uh back at nurse anne uh oh, yeah. was absolutely fantastic. So uh in that moment, uh, you know, Nurse Anne is uh trying to help Angela and Angela makes a joke about how Christ compelled Anne to get an abortion on this You know, happened when uh, basically Anna was supposed to be taking her vows and be reborn as Mary. Uh, But, you know, instead got pregnant and chose to have the baby uh, aborted. And of course, the devil latches on to that and just, you know, throws it back, uh, you know, in their face. But, you know, obviously, like when you think of the exorcist, you know, the power of Christ compels you is definitely one of the first things that comes to mind outside of, you know, the green pea soup
0: well okay, so I think you hit on a bunch of points there and I'll try to I'll try to you know uh jump you and King you or King myself at the end here So I think the the multitude of religions being factored in at first I was like oh boy, we're gonna get into you know we're gonna get into the nooks and crannies of some other thing and it's gonna be, so watered down that it's going to be like oh god this is just dumb for me it turns out that the different religious aspects of it all the way from the you know sort of the Haitian almost voodoo esque religion um, all the way up to the Catholicism and then mixing them towards the end for me it turned out to be a really smart decision I thought it was clever and it actually worked really well um I, I think it probably has something to do with the expansions of the movie where they're probably going to lean away from the Catholicism and they'll go into other things that are able to, quote-unquote, purge demons. Um, I think having the the one sister who had had an abortion, I think, speaks to the times. I think it's a it's a very current topic and people are talking about it. So, And normally I'm not somebody who likes it when my movies are trying to give me news items in my viewing pleasure, but they did it so subtly here and they made it interesting enough that it didn't bother me at all, and I was really surprised by that. Even my wife was like, you didn't have a comment about that? And I'm like, no, I didn't. It was it was well done, it was well thought out, and the characters were good enough that it was like, you know what, I'm okay with this, and it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, going all the way back to the earthquake in Haiti, and when the original um, decision is made by Victor. Um, It is, it's funny that you say that because I didn't get that when I watched it. Now that you've said it, I'm like, and obviously the movie gives it away later, Mm -hmm. right? Um, About the being deceived thing and what an integral part of the exorcist being deceived by your decisions. Being deceived by your faith, being deceived by your personality traits for Christ's sakes, just who you are as a person, um, it, it plays so heavy into it. I totally didn't get that when I watched it. I, like, I, I know if it went over my head or I just wasn't picking up on it. So that's that's such an interesting point. And then getting farther into the movie, when you you have somebody who is, and maybe this is where the subtitle comes from, the believer, you know, where you have somebody who does. Totally believe in all this, and supposedly totally has all this faith, and then doesn't let that faith, um, really come forward. Doesn't doesn't have that belief in what's going to happen, and tries to make a decision, even though they've been warned about the consequences of their decision. Um. Yeah, damn it! I, I you know, I. I'm going to just go ahead and say it now. All the critics of the world and all the people that have watched this, fuck all of you. You're wrong, okay? <laughs> this movie was way more entertaining than you're giving it credit for. Um, and this is coming from somebody who hates David Gordon Green, okay? I just hate the son of a bitch with a passion. I, I, I think he took, he took a cornerstone of horror, one of the foundational movies that brought us every demon, every exorcism every, uh, well, that 50% of the ghost stories that we see until now have something to do with the original Exorcist, and I honestly think that he did it justice.
1: I, I wonder how many listeners out there are in my boat in that I saw The Exorcist 3 before I saw The Exorcist.
0: Really? Yes. Um, Okay, so it begs the question from my side of the fence, do you think that The Exorcist is literally cornerstone horror? Do you think it is, or do you think it's just another movie?
1: No, it it definitely is to me. I I think, you know, growing up, I remember... I want to say The Exorcist 3 was playing on, like, USA Network when I was a kid, and that's how I was introduced to it. Obviously, you know, Brad Dourif... And obviously that expanded to other movies and whatnot. Um So I, I didn't see The Exorcist until probably when I was 11 or 12. Even though I was like getting into the genre at like eight.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. But like, I remember the first time I saw The Exorcist and I, it was back in the days of like, I didn't grow up with cable, so we had regular broadcast TV and you know how it was when when you got after eleven o'clock, right? You've had you've had the news, you've had whatever half-assed entertainment bullshit show was on, and then they started showing movies. And a lot of times they just showed the movie three times in a row, and then it was three a.m. and then they went off the air. So the first the first scene that I ever saw of The Exorcist was a priest tumbling down the stairs, and it was like, oh my god! And then the movie ended, and it was like, what the hell was that? And then it was like, then the movie started all over again. And for that one, as a horror fan, if that one doesn't have you with the bells, if the bells don't get you, uh, you just, you aren't actually a horror fan. It it doesn't, it doesn't give you enough of a tingle where you're going to be like, I have to, I have to see this. And so I stayed up and I watched the whole thing again. And it was mind blowing. And I'll say it again. The one thing that the original did that this new one, did not do and maybe it was on purpose and maybe I'm just it, it, too much in my own horror sanctity where I'm like I know better than you um it did not the pace in this movie was so fast it was so fast that it did not allow you to have a little bit of a respite scene by scene where it kept the tension building the tension at the end of every scene the tension just fell right off and that is probably my biggest complaint about the whole movie is that they could have they could have clipped a little bit of the um a lot of it's not even exposition. It's it's just it's it's scenery and it's other bullshit that they didn't really need where they could have just helped you continue to build the tension, but it seemed like they got to a point and they just went whack and cut it off and then it was like tension gone. And it was like, Well, why? You could've done a little bit more here and I would have it would have kept my heartbeat elevated, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, as much as it seems like the movie tried to give you a moment to relax a little bit, I didn't like it. I, I didn't want to relax. I wanted to keep, I wanted to stay amped up. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so uh, getting back to, you know, various callbacks, uh, since that was what I was focusing on, uh, we do have Father uh, Maddox, who gets his neck turned around when Angela and Catherine are using their telekinesis. Uh, you know, similar to what we were seeing with Reagan, uh, with the neck and you know the original version, uh, I I think for me though, obviously the 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 biggest callback was the use of the crucifix, and how that was retooled yes. in Believer. And for for me, there's there's this scene and the the use of vomit were like the two moments that I was like thoroughly like yes like this is what i was looking for uh so obviously in the original you know you have pazuzu uh wanting to desecrate the idea of the crucifix you know and obviously everyone knows how it goes reagan is basically fucking herself by stabbing herself in a crotch with the crucifix uh but in believer (laughs) uh you know Chris kinda like relives a moment that Reagan went through and uh, you know, she tries to, you know, exercise Catherine. Uh, and Catherine grabs the crucifix and it's like falling off of the wall at this point. And Chris gets stabbed in both of her eyes. And it's it's just brutally done on top of that. So, you know, we we kinda like get that whole like uh blind swordsman moment when like they wrap up her eyes and you can see like the blood splatter coming through which is just absolutely fantastic but the vomit oh my god the blood vomit in this was so good uh and that was like the one thing that i'm like man this is really where we're where we're going with this so you know this time it's mostly angela who is Uh, constantly vomiting up blood, and a lot of this is just to show us as the audience that the prayers are really working on removing... uh, God, what's the name of the fucking demon in this one? It's like LeMazdu or something? I'm trying to remember
0: what the... (laughs) I don't think I honestly ever caught the damn name. Yeah, it's the hard part with the demons. It's like, there's too many of them. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Well, one of the other things, though, that and I don't know if you caught this and my wife sort of elbowed me and she's like, did you see that? And I'm like, like, I think I saw it, but I wasn't completely sure that I saw it. But then my wife said, I'm pretty sure I saw it, is that they had and this goes back to the original movie is they had the character of Catherine sitting in the church pew and she was grinding one out by hand in a church pew. Hmm. And I think that goes back to the original crucifix scene in the original movie. They didn't they quite use the crucifix. I mean, and honestly, if you buy, if you buy a copy of the exorcist now on DVD or Blu-ray, that scene's been cut out. Right. They've just removed it because it's so, you know, but I think they threw that scene back and it was like, did I just like, I did. Okay. Interesting. I mean, and you can argue it's kids and what, I mean, that's, I don't want to even want to talk about that, but I mean, but just going back to the original movie and all you talking about, about trying to give you these little throwbacks. And it was like, I, I, it was one of the things I thought was crazy that they could even do in this day and age. But I mean, at the same time with this movie, I mean, there was some gore, not a ton, honestly. Um, I think most of its rated R rating was probably the language because um, there was not, you know, uh, it, it didn't have a lot of the things that other movies that gain that rating have. So I think that was part of it. I definitely think um, Chris losing her eyes was part of it. But they, there's a piece of me that wonders if they didn't film a scene where, where Chris McNeil... Um, was actually killed with those crucifixes. And then at some point, they got Linda Blair to sign on to do that cameo at the end, and then they maybe had to reshoot that and keep her alive. Because the scenes of Chris McNeil in the hospital, getting her eyes taped and doing everything else, they felt very uh, Velcroed on Mm -hmm. to me. Like, Like, they were completely... You know, it, w- without Linda Blair coming back at the end, those scenes were completely unnecessary. They, they did not matter at all. She could have just died, and we would have gone on. We didn't have to have her in her hospital bed going, oh, you know, conjuring whatever angels or demons she was conjuring. I mean, so I, I kind of wonder if that's how that was going to go, and then there was a change, you know, maybe close to the end of production where they were like, hey, by the way, guess who signed up to do a cameo? And everybody went, went fuck yeah, that'll be awesome. So they... They changed a couple of things. At the same time though, going talking about, you know, going back to the original movie, that was the I was hoping for it. And when it happened at the end, I was so excited my wife was like, Stop slapping my leg. I know you're happy. Stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. You know, but I was super excited for that.
1: Yeah, so with uh with Angela's this at one point, she's vomiting blood straight up at at the ceiling. Uh, really, you know, kind of like represented, uh, solely in the idea of, of heaven, you know, in this case though, it, it's not the green pea soup, it's blood. And I think that scene that probably has the most blood, uh, in really the entirety of the movie combined, <laughs> just with like how much it's flowing upward. Um, but a really cool visual though. It's, it's a very striking image, uh, that, that we get on that, um, we also have some uh levitation going on with uh, with Angela, which is very akin to what we saw with Reagan. Uh only in this case with Angela, it's uh trying to like pull us in to believe the fact that the demon is leaving her uh and just dragging her soul down to hell. Uh so there's there's some fun stuff. Uh with that one. But but really the trickery aspect in the mind games is very akin to you know the original uh you know I, we we already mentioned that at one point uh you know Chris being teased about Reagan uh, and Reagan's past at one point you know the demons was just telling the Chris that you know Reagan's burning in hell uh but really the 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 biggest blow that we see from the demon in this case is when the demon is preying on Victor's guilt and that's when we get the unveiling of the truth when it comes to you know what actually happened in, in Haiti. Uh, And, you know, turns out that Victor had asked the doctors to save his wife instead of his unborn child, who, of course, is the one being possessed in this. Uh, But, you know, fate would have it that uh, Angela would end up surviving this ordeal uh, and the mother ended up dying.
0: Well, that does two things. And I was I was talking to my buddy Trevor today. He went and saw this last night. And by the way, the day after he listened to our podcast, my contact DVD magically <laughs> showed up in my office at work. So Funny thank you, that Trevor. Works. I think. Yes. Um but Trevor and I were talking and he he actually he gave this a really good point. He was talking about um getting towards the end of the movie and how uh, when you when you had the the two parents of Catherine and then obviously Victor, the dad of Angela, and it was like you know what, only one can live and you must make a choice. And um, Catherine's mom and Victor were both like, I'm not making that decision. Mm -hmm. And then as time goes on and things appear to get worse and worse and worse, Catherine's father is finally like, I picked Catherine. And it's like, um, obviously being deceived too, but at the same time, and Trevor pointed this out, and I hadn't thought about it, like this guy, like he lost his faith. You know, he actually, for as much as he was a person of faith, he lost his faith. And he went with, like, the easy choice as opposed to just relying on his belief in things that would turn out the way he wanted them to. Um, So it was an interesting kind of byline just talking about that. And I was like, oh, damn, I hadn't thought about that. And it's like, you're kind of right. And it kind of goes back to what you said about the beginning of the movie where he was left with the choice, you know. But even with his choice, he was deceived. Um, And... So I I think that's kind of like the big point in the movie, like going frame by frame from when the girls disappear to when the parents go looking for them, um, when they show up in the barn, every one of those scenes, there's some level of deception happening, you know? And it's like from finding the shoes and to doing everything. And it's like the whole nothing is really what it seems, right? Um, And so I'm going to say it again, you know, that – this movie is better than people give it credit for. Now, is it Exorcist level good? No, it's not, and I'm okay with that. Um, but it was entertaining, and it was a well-told story. And the more I think about it, and the more I talk about it with my friends. Honestly, the better it gets mm-hmm. because there's things. Just talking tonight, there was a there was a little nugget where I'm like, I didn't get that. Damn it, you know. So I'm at the point where either I'm gonna have to go see this in the theater again, or I'm gonna right when it comes out on VOD, I'm gonna have to just be like, I gotta watch this again mm-hmm. because. I clearly miss some things. And I mean, to be fair, trying to do all the new things that we're doing, I mean, one theater watch is You're right. n- not necessarily the cornerstone of my rating for a movie, right? <laughs> um, because I mean, I generally don't have an opinion of a movie until I've watched it two or three times. And then I mm-hmm. it, I can really cement my rating of it. Um, but the odd part of that is like when a movie totally sucks, when it totally sucks, it usually doesn't, go up right Mm -hmm. if it if it just bugs you on some fundamental level it doesn't usually go up um but movies that are okay through discussion can go up and i think this is one that's going to do it over time
1: yeah i can definitely see that uh really the only other one that stood out to me was the use of the purple frock uh making an appearance uh so you know initially Angela is trying to use it, uh, towards the beginning, hoping that it will be of use in the seance, uh, that, you know, she's going to conduct to try to reach her, her dead mother. Uh, so Victor had, had taken it, uh, so, you know, when the girls go out and, you know, they, they open the gateway, uh, they didn't really have, like, that central piece of love allowing, you know, the, the demon to really get inside and possess them, Uh, But Victor would end up using uh, the scarf later on so Angela could hold it and uh, basically return back to him.
0: Well, I mean, and one of the bigger pieces of this movie that I really loved, because I am not a religious person, Mm -hmm. but I love the idea of religion. I love the idea of it, Um but not of a certain religion. I don't love the idea of Christianity, Catholicism, Hinduism, Buddhism. I just love the fact that it, it exists and people, people can be in a place where a big part of their existence hinges upon that. I think it's fantastic. It's just not something that I feel personally. Um, but with Victor in this, I love, I honestly love how he gets flexible and he starts to say, well, you know, because there's a, a moment early on when the neighbor invites somebody over, and he's like, "Get the fuck out of my house." He's just like, "Get the fuck out. I don't want anything to do with this." But then, as time goes on, he has a Catholic priest. He has a woman who was going to be a nun but ended up having an abortion, but still has her religious belief. He gets a he gets a uh what is it? Her, her name, Doctor Behib That is. a a root work healer who does things that are, you know, and she's more of the earth and things like that. And I did love how, when they, they kind of have this like big showdown, like towards the end, they sort of, I mean, they had the Catholicism part of it in there, but you saw how that worked out for uh, the priest. Um, But they sort of mixed everything together. And I think that's, I mean, as a story is being told and trying to draw fans in, it's a good way to get more people and more butts in the seats. I get that piece of it too. But I also kind of like, there's a level of acceptance where it's like, okay, I might not think exactly like you think, but it doesn't mean that we can't be friends and we can't, you know, build a house together or to do whatever, you know? Um, So I kind of really dug that. I It, it really, it, it hit home for me. And this is as somebody who's not religious, that it's like, We're finally to a place where we can say, you know what, uh, especially with this movie and what it was originally based on, we can finally say that maybe there's more out there that I don't necessarily understand, but when it comes to something like what we're doing here, having a big group of friends might not be a fucking bad thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So let's just give it a whirl and see what happens.
1: Yeah, I am curious to see, like, where exactly they're going to pick things up here, because you know after uh you know you know towards the end of this one we see Angela returning back to you know her social life going back to school uh you know just trying to get some normality back in her life again after having the demon inside of her you know we we have this like final shot of her smiling uh which like really leaves us wondering like you know is she going to be well? Is she just faking it? You know, maybe the demon is still, you know, inside of her. Because really, deception is the name of the game in this case. And uh, although the demon might not win outright at the end, you know, it's still going to have victories along the way. Uh, and, you know, we we do know uh, Deceiver is, I, I want to say it was due out April of twenty-five correct uh so you know who knows maybe the demon is wanted to keep her around as a as a spy you know i i really like the idea of having this like quote unwanted child <laughs> uh in in victor's case with the uh, with his daughter being the the vessel of choice uh for for this one uh, but obviously, like, Reagan is going to have to, re- like, play a major role in in Deceiver. Uh, so we we know, like, Linda Blair is going to be supervising uh, the film. Uh, but what what's interesting, and I know, you know, this is something that I, I looked up after the fact because I had never actually seen this. You know, I know Fox, I think it was Fox who did the Exorcist TV series not that long ago yes uh but this movie actually uh with the finale uh with the reconciliation of uh Chris and Reagan's character that was an arc that was borrowed from the TV series uh, because Reagan had basically hid away from her mom for decades after Chris had uh, come out with her book on the grief and the trauma and you know all of the the terror that Reagan uh, was going through with the possession in the original. Uh, like when that book like really flourished. So it's kind of interesting that like we're pulling from different medias here uh, with this iteration.
0: Well, to be perfectly honest, I think they're I think what they're finding out is that maybe this this story works better as a series of films than it does as a TV series. Um, And to be perfectly honest, I can see it. I mean, it, it's it, it's not something that. This is not something I think I want to watch week to week, but that's also the Exorcist too. I, I don't right. want to watch the Exorcist week to week, um, but at the same time, bringing that whole that whole circle together. I mean, with Chris McNeil's character, I, I, and and just with the age of the actress, I don't think it's something that they can hold for long, right. um, and it, it's definitely a bit of a dice roll to try to you know bring that back in. Um, and I think you're right that um, Regan McNeil will feature heavily in the next movie. Now, I think it begs the question, um, does she end up as the possessed or does she end up as the, the sort of guide slash counselor that her mother was in this one? Because if, if we know nothing about demons and the devil and whatever else, they play the long game. <laughs> they do. You know? So, I mean, it could very well be that Angela and Reagan are both pawns in a much bigger game, and maybe mm-hmm. we've got something bigger that happens afterwards. Um, and I'll admit, I'm not a Hollywood insider; I don't know. Um, but I, 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 I'll admit, I, I'm interested to see what happens. You know, I mean, is is it going to be on my daily planner to check in what the next Exorcist movie is? Probably not. But when they've effectively already greenlit two follow-ups to this you know and one for sure but there's going to be a third because apparently that's just what david gordon green does um he he fucks things up in threes um but uh, i think it has potential um and i think bringing reagan's character back has potential now in what form that is Mm -hmm. it's hard to say because like even getting into exorcist 2 it was like there were some problems with that. movie. I mean, some problems with that movie and, you know, not even for the time and maybe how sort of pseudo racist that movie was and whatever. I mean, there's, there were some problems, but you know, maybe this is the time where they're able to take the characters, the story and sort of the overall arcs, maybe give a little bit of redemption. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to cross my fingers. And I, to be honest, I crossed my fingers with this movie and it was worth it. Crossing my fingers. This was, this wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't a bad movie. Um, you know, it's not a 10. It's not like, woo, march right out and see it. But damn, I, it entertained me. I like the characters. I like how they mixed all their religions together. Um, and the deception, now that we've talked, and I feel like I know a little bit more about the overall level of deception, it was it was pretty clever. So, I, so why not see what's going to come next? I, there's no reason for me to not check it out.
1: Yeah, so we basically have affirmation that uh, Reagan has come to peace and is back to, you know, men, fes- men fences with uh, with Chris at this point. Uh, but I-, I think the most important thing to note about that, you know, end scene is just the fact that Reagan's name is scribed on the hospital window by the demon. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it, you really just get that sense that this is exactly what the demon wanted. You know, th- he wanted to lure Reagan out, and of course, this is just another level of whatever game it's playing. Uh, so, so you know, we, we really are starting to come f- full circle. So, I, who who knows? Like maybe maybe you know, getting back to Reagan was uh, that full circle moment that we are eventually going to get to uh, in. In this next one, uh, but yeah, it's just I, I just I, I it was very subtle, but I just love the fact that it's like okay, you know, we 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 have our cameo, and you know, going in like I, I, feel like everyone really was hoping that that cameo was going to be a thing, but I, I don't know how many of us like actually knew like it was going to end up coming to fruition, because uh, you know, as you mentioned, you know, there were definitely some scenes with Chris that kind of just felt placed in there <laughs> uh, even though it didn't really make too much sense at the time because obviously like her character didn't really come back in any other scene outside of just said cameo appearance when she was in the hospital
0: well well and that's why i said that too mm-hmm. i i think i i i think there was something production wise and people signing contracts and whatever else that changed the dynamic of how they finished that film i honestly think that there was now does it bother me? nope it doesn't and the the payoff at the end as as a diehard exorcist fan having reagan mcneil come back you know and say oh hi mom it's me you know um that was a huge payoff that was i mean that was huge if if you didn't if you didn't walk out of there I'm like, and i sat i sat through all of the credits literally the house lights came up and the guy was like get out <laughs> Just to make sure that there wasn't some little stinger. There wasn't something a little more. And that was maybe the part that was probably the weirdest. Not the weirdest. Um, but, like, I, I kind of thought that they would... I was thinking that they were going to do it, but I thought they would do it as a stinger. Yeah. I, I, I didn't think it was going to be the end of the movie. Um, but at the same time, I mean, having having this movie come out, having that character... Um, come back and I don't know I, I don't want to call it even like reprising her role because she didn't functionally do anything but she was on screen and as we, as I said before it's like okay so we both know that the devil, the demons, whatever else play the long game and it's like okay this movie came out 50 years After the first one. Okay. When it comes to horror movies and it comes to extensions of the IP and whatever else, 50 years is the fucking long game, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's no getting around it. So I'll be honest. I am super interested to see what they do with the next one. If they do nothing with Linda Blair, if they, if they don't cough up the money, do whatever, um, I think it's a huge, huge, huge missed opportunity. Now, let's consider, you know, Linda Blair is 64 years old. So, you know, does she have the stamina and the whatever else to, you know, be the lead in a movie? Um, You know, I mean, and all things being equal, it's been seven, eight years since she's been, you know in a movie, and it's been probably maybe since the late 90s that she was working regularly. Mm. So, what does that mean? I don't know. Again, not the the biggest Hollywood insider. But as a fan of The Exorcist, I'll tell you what. Fucking want to see. I want to (laughs) know. I do. And that's enough for me. That's enough for me to just bite my knuckles and wait and just be like, let's see what we can do. So I'll say it again, David Gordon green. I I hate you for fucking up Halloween so badly. Um, but you bought a little redemption with this movie because you've made me, you've taken a 50 year old piece of IP and made it exciting again. Mm -hmm. And that in and of itself is an accomplishment. Whether people individually like the movie or don't like the movie, I don't really give a fuck. I don't. Um, I enjoyed it. It made me happy. The end was a super great payoff. Um, The characters in this movie were great. Their ultimate fallibility was great. Um, The, call it the deception, as you phrased it, was great. Even the ones that I didn't pick up, because apparently I'm a little slow. Um, But it was a well-told story. And it, it, it it took a bunch of today's problems and themes and divisive things and mixed them all together and made them so palatable that even a person like me who doesn't like anybody would just rather burn society and do it. It it made that all come together and coalesce in a really good way, and it it was it was solid. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is it was solid, and with people that are religious or people that are faith healers or people that, you know, are ardent atheists and whatever else. This movie's got something for everybody, you know? But it's also got a lot of little notes where it's like, maybe I need to be a little more flexible. Um, and those are the movies that, like, end up really speaking to me, where it's like, maybe even me, the ardent asshole that I am, Maybe I need to be a little more flexible, and you know, I don't want to go into a movie being taught a lesson. But if I walk away thinking about it, I'm okay with that. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if uh, if our listeners out there are curious about, like, well, how are how are the new movies performing in the box office? I just want to double check because uh, you know, last week you and I had talked about uh, the new Saw movie, Saw X. Which you know is the second in the timeline. Uh, Sawtane opened at 18.3 million, and looks like Exorcist Believer uh, made 26.5 million.
0: Well, so that that tells you something about the draw, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Um, and so I mean, yeah, right now if you look at the current charts for today, and this actually kind of makes me happy the exorcist is number one and saw is number two um the nun is number eight but that doesn't really mean anything um taunting in venice is at six i mean so hey at least we finally got barbie and oppenheimer out of the top 10 so um i'll, I'll take it uh you know i we've talked about it before it 2023 has not been a great year for horror um there haven't been any real real standouts there haven't been any Skin and marynx there haven't been any terrifier twos um I, but being a horror person i mean it, it a lot of times it is feast or famine and uh, you know on the years that it's famine yeah it's easy to it's easy to get behind things like the exorcist believer and saw um but we talked about both movies and i'm going to i'm going to say this again they were both decent movies mm-hmm. they're both worth a watch there was nothing about them that was awful um do i have some gripes yeah i have some gripes because you know what i do is a side gig as i talk about movies and i talk about the gripes that's which is just what i do that's fine um but neither one of those movies is uh should be ashamed to call itself the next iteration of the movie they both did a good job um saw is i think saw x i think is deeper uh in a lot of ways than exorcist because it gave us so much a jigsaw and you know makes me you know want to start a john kramer fan club um but uh But The Exorcist, I think it went in trying to tell a really hard story and, you know, from the earthquake in Haiti and the hotel collapses and the dad has a lot of hard decisions to make. Um, So it, it tried to tell a hard story. It does give you the truth about his decision. But it also shows you that that decision does not define the man. And every decision after that is what defined him as a man and I think that's important especially in today's society that you know you don't have to be defined by one thing you know your your whole summation as a person is not based on one decision it's based on a thousand decisions and yeah okay maybe you fucked one up but you know what if you did another 900 like really really well and then 50 of them were kind of middling whatever that's fine but it, I think it did a great job that and I think that's piece what made me like it so much it was like because when I heard that in the movie and it was like when he's and he just says and he's like that flashback and he's like save my wife I was just like oh you motherfucker!" <laughs> but then there's a little more story a little more action a little more things happen but it but it made me think and it was like this is a guy who every single day gets up his kid goes to school. The kid has breakfast. He's super involved. Involved, involved as you can be as for a single dad that has a like a sub teenage kid. Because trust me, I've been there. And being involved is fucking pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. But he, but he was, you know, quote unquote, doing the damn thing. So it's like, it's, I don't know. The story is good. The characters are believable and for the most part likable. And even moreover, honestly, for most of what they do, almost all of it's understandable. You can get it from one perspective or another. So, yeah. Go out and watch The Exorcist, and honestly, go to the damn theater, because if you don't go to the damn theater, it's hard to keep horror alive. Just go to the damn theater, enjoy yourself, get your bucket of popcorn, have your, you know, intestinal problems later, like I always <laughs> do. Um, But just keep, keep watching horror, because, I mean, yeah, it's not been a banner year, but there's been some there's been some little, there's been some gold nuggets here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I know, I know, no, no, and we should, we should talk about the order of these. Um, actually we already did, didn't we? Cause we're going to do no, one will save you mm-hmm. next as I recall. Yep. And then, um, cobweb is coming out on Hulu on October 20th. Yep. So we, we should all have an opportunity to watch it. So I'm looking forward to that. Um,
1: yeah, and uh, you know, even you know, last night on Twisted Tuesday, uh since <laughs> you know, I, I know you were mentioning Chained Heat last week. I could not for the life of me remember uh the movie title that you that you'd recommended for me to find. I'm like, well, fuck it. I know VHS just came out, so uh yeah, we, we checked out VHS oh, eighty five. Chained, chained heat.
0: Chained heat. Yes, and I'll I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. VHS ninety five, um uh I've been kind of hit or miss on the VHS movies. Yes. Yeah, um, and to be perfectly honest, because several of them have have made either given me a headache or made me nauseous, and that's just the film work, and maybe that just doesn't work for me. So that's not a that's not a judgment on them. Um, Eighty five was really pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still like I still like The Wake and Ambrosia and how they're tied together. I still. I'm always going to love that. I I think those two those two intertwined stories are so great. Um, you know, and the whole the ride of the seven and all that that was just fantastic. So uh, honestly, that was fun to watch again because a lot of times even when I watch movies down here, sometimes I'm watching a movie but I'm working on notes for something and I'm doing some social media shit. The good thing about Twisted Tuesday is it's kind of like the one time during the week other than being in the theater where i just get to like sit and watch movies with my friends um and it it honestly makes it a hell of a lot more fun but i pay a hell of a lot closer attention too (laughs) so i mean it's it's worth it it's worth it to do that um and yeah i the last couple of vhs's i was just kind of like eh on i thought 85 was pretty good Mm -hmm. i thought it was pretty good. to me honestly the dumbest part of the whole movie was the whole Rory thing. I just just like I just like if they would have left all that out and done like a sixth part I would have been fine. Well it's just like... that's
1: that's the thing with those movies like they always have like that central story and that's always the weakest part of the VHS movies.
0: <laughs> I agree too. I agree too. But I mean there has to be there has to be a certain like coalescing factor mm-hmm. and that's just, you know, and it almost it almost ends up being like the palate cleanser in between the different anthologies and even if i don't necessarily dig it i get why it's there and i'm basically okay with it that that one just wasn't super strong for me mm-hmm. i i think it could have been a little it could have been a little more fun but like i said in that one um no wake and ambrosia oof i mean i and dream kill was pretty good too dream kill was pretty good too um, but those two and then just the fact that they were t- they were they were the opposite storyboards to each other was um, and directed by two different people mm-hmm. I, in in their own way. That was that was pretty brilliant. I and it was and it was cohesive as hell. So I, I totally dug it.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um the sasuke sisters since i'm a big fan have festival of the living dead coming out on tubi i want to see it drops october 20th uh which is going to be their nod to night of the living dead um so I'm, i'm i'm curious to check that one out i'm gonna have modest expectations because obviously i'm a big fan of their work i'm curious to see I I don't know if this is meant to be like a sequel. I should probably look this up um, as we're doing this. But obviously, like, Tubi's really been going out of their way to, you know, acquire more originals, uh, which is always good to see. Let's see.
0: Well, I think people often think of Tubi as like a bastard child to just about everything. But I mean, when it comes to horror movies, do not undersell Tubi. Tubi gets some Tubi gets some things that you wouldn't think they get and I'm going to I'm going to go back to one of my favorite movies from last year called Kicking Blood mm-hmm. and I saw that on Tubi and it wasn't anywhere else. Um and that movie was fantastic. So Tubi is like any other streaming service, there's going to be a lot of garbage because that's just what streaming is, but it has its gems and I will admit on Tubi sometimes you got to dig a little deeper to find them. Um but uh, so what? I mean if you're if you're watching horror movies, you know, you'll watch them until you find the great ones and it's Tubi has some. So it shouldn't be written off. It's and, and fuck it's free. For Christ's mm-hmm. sakes. It's fu- it's free. It has a commercial and that's enough time to go take a piss and get another beer. That's beautiful. <laughs> it has it has beer time built in. I mean, you can't really argue. So, um Yeah, so this Sunday, we're going to talk about No One Will Save You. And then, are we going to watch that on Twisted? Because you're going to be in Vegas, right?
1: I'm going to be leaving for Vegas uh, next Wednesday.
0: Oh, so you're still going to do Twisted with No One Will Save You?
1: Well, if we're recording
0: that on Sunday... (laughs) Probably not then. Okay, so then what are we doing on Tuesday for Twisted? Are we going to do Chain Heat then? That's a good question. I gotta
1: figure that out. Maybe, maybe if I can find Chain Heat, we'll uh, will we'll watch it.
0: Well, well, at this point, you owe me Chain Heat. So even if we, <laughs> even if we do it as a double feature, you owe me Chained Heat. I want to, just because I want to see Jess have a fucking meltdown. <laughs> that's what I, I want. to see her just be like, oh my god. So. Mm. All right, so,
1: it. Uh, so, so really quick, getting back to the Festival of the Living Dead. Uh, okay, yes. so it's not a direct sequel, but uh, it does pick up 50 years after the events of Night of the Living Dead. So it's still going to be within the same universe, uh, looks like, which is interesting.
0: Really? Well, see, and I had thought that there was going to be a movie. I thought there was literally going to be a Night of the Living Dead two coming out that was supposed to that was supposed to have um, a couple of people. Um, I thought it was supposed to have the character of Barbara, and then I thought it was supposed to have one of the characters from um, Day of the Dead two. So, <laughs> well, apparently I have had a stroke or something, and nobody told me. Um, Okay. Well, yeah, these are um, these are people that I would watch on camera. Wow. Okay. Well, and that's the twentieth. You said the twentieth.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that's what they screenshotted and shared on Twitter.
0: Okay. And these are the Soskas, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, count me in because I like to masturbate too. So, <laughs> um, all right. Well, I shit. Well, we'll see. I, I guess we'll. If we, if we get to that date and the thing has popped out, well, then I think by all means, we just, we give it a whirl, you know? Um, I still am excited to see Cobweb. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and I do think everything I read about that movie, it does seem like it was horribly, horribly, uh, placed on the release schedule. Like it never had a fucking chance.
1: Yeah. So. And it's, it, the the thing with that too, is it's like, obviously it was Lionsgate. The Nun 2 already had its position. So it got bumped to another date. Uh, it, it wasn't a lack of marketing because the marketing for that was all over the fucking place.
0: <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah. Yep, no, you couldn't... Yeah, every every movie you went to in, from, like, January 1 till, like, March had cobweb as a preview. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah well, just it, it happened, so. Just shit timing, you know? That's, you know? I don't work in Hollywood, but I can read the fucking tea leaves, and I don't I don't get a lot of this kind of stuff. And that, like, they do these just colossally bad decisions but mm-hmm. not my call so we'll uh we'll check it out and we'll see what we think
1: absolutely so just as a reminder guys we'll be recording on Sunday uh as well this week with no one will save you which is one of the newer Hulu originals really looking forward to rewatching that one at some point over the weekend uh just because I know you and I both were so enthralled by that movie <laughs> and uh yeah. yeah we'll go from there.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's rare for a movie with that little dialogue and that. And I, I I did say this: the first act was a grind. It was definitely a grind. And usually, I would have turned that off. Mm-hmm. But um, I love the actress. Um, what's her name? Caitlin Deaver? is that her name? Um, you know, Last Man Standing. I, I loved her as an actress. Um, and she also did. There was a Netflix movie she did about. Um, well it doesn't even, never mind um but so but the story was interesting enough that i held on and goddamn, damn am i glad i did now like i said i think it actually has less dialogue than A quiet place which is saying something um but there's so much there's so much story there's so much what seems to be like personal interrogative uh the the set of the whole thing is really really good and you know in the end it's about being an outsider and being accepted um and you know as a horror movie fan i think we all can own a little piece of that pie so um yeah um i i can't wait because i think the i think the discussion and then i think the you know as much as we don't go scene by scene there's a lot, there's a lot of things in here that it's going to be like and when this happened and when this happened that are ultimately like completely relatable um and just you know being in a place where you've got a whole town that basically turns on you and it's just collectively gives you the metal finger and is like no you 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 don't belong here but then you get to the end and it turns out you do so yeah i'm excited for that one i'm excited
1: absolutely so with that being said guys let's uh, close up shop for tonight again if you haven't yet go check out the Exorcist Believer in theaters go support your local theater go check out the new horror offerings that uh, are available to you whether it's at Saw X or whatever re-releases that are coming out because obviously it's October I was they're re-releasing a ton of shit in theaters for a spooky season and uh, you know we wouldn't have it any other way and we will see you back later on in the weekend for no one will save you and then you know we'll see what uh what Tuesday is going to bring whether it is uh it's probably gonna be chained heat if I can find it uh it's it's gotta be available online somewhere right like I'll ha- I'll let look into this when I'm doing the edit for this uh after the fact uh cause I I know I haven't actually seen that movie so I am very curious to uh to check it out too so
0: are you kidding me? You have not seen *Chained Heat*? No, I, that, uh, I don't think... if there was if there was ever a movie that screamed your wheelhouse, um, I don't. <laughs> 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 I, I don't even I don't know what it would be because, damn, I mean just, damn, damn, damn. Um, let's see here. I'm looking it up to let's see. There's a series apparently. I did not know that. Um, the more you know. <laughs> okay well there's uh well I it seems like I've maybe found it in a couple of places um I can do a little digging too and see if I can't uh wait
1: it might actually be on YouTube
0: <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't seem like the kind of movie that YouTube would allow
1: uh um, you'd be surprised
0: <laughs> you're probably right you're probably right all right so I look forward to that and then remember everybody November first and second go' see Terrifier 2 in the theater
1: because.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will buy, buy
1: your tickets now
0: before uh, they settle out. Um, I have already bought mine in my theater uh, for the 7 p.m. showing is almost full. Mm-hmm. So that tells you something. So just go out, support horror, because otherwise we won't get any more. And then we'll have nothing to do but talk to each other about Dungeons and Dragons or some <laughs> shit like that. And I don't want to do that. So let's keep horror alive, folks.
1: Absolutely. I'd rather talk about, you know, our demons in this case, like uh, with the extra disbeliever and how we're uh, deceived time and time again. But anyways, we'll see you guys back on the weekend. You guys have a good night.